Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. It's Sandy Weiner. I am so glad you're here with us today. I am the founder and the chief love officer at lastfirstdate.com. I help women over 40 find epic love in the second half of life. I want to thank you all for joining me here today. This radio show is acclaimed. It's a featured show here on Blog Talk Radio, and we are all about healthy relationships, really relationships that work. So uh, today we are really excited to welcome life coach and mediator Laura Richardson, and she's going to talk about how to move on after your breakup without bitterness or regret. I love that topic because so many people hold on to the pain from the past, and it's so important to let go and to forgive really for you more than anything else, and I'm I'm excited to dive into that topic in just a minute. As a dating coach, I love helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. Women who are business women, who are amazing at work, who are incredible moms and successful in every other part of their lives, they, they often struggle with the romantic aspect of their lives, their love life. And I have found the reasons why. Um, There are some really, to me, glaring reasons why so many women are still single and men. Um, So I'm not just talking to women here, but that's my specialty. There are a lot of men who listen to the show. So if you're a guy or if you're happily coupled, um, I'm also glad you're here because there's always a lot to learn. We always should be learning about how to improve our relationships. And so the mistakes that we make, we don't see often because we're too close. And that's why people hire coaches and therapists to help them get some perspective. And so I have made it easy for you. I have given you that perspective. And if you want to learn what's sabotaging your dating success, and this is for men or women, I created a free guide where I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around and find lasting love. So if you'd like a copy, just go to lastfirstdate.com and you can sign up on my homepage. I also want to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date and it is a fabulous place growing every single day and Women have come to celebrate finding love and to keep them going in a relationship and and they post questions about dating, love, and sometimes it's not even about that. It's about life. I mean, life life is what happens while you're seeking love and, and there's so much incredible support by me and through all the other women, the lovely women in the group. So if you'd like to join, um, I need to approve you because it's a private closed group. But just go to Facebook and look for your last first date in the groups section. And now I want to welcome our special guest, Laura Richardson. She is a licensed attorney in Texas, where she worked for 13 years on family law. And in 2015, she transitioned her career from lawyer to life coach. 
I can understand that transition. Her mission is to help clients find alternative solutions to their ongoing problems with their ex that are faster, less expensive, and more satisfying than going directly to the courthouse. Yeah, we need more of that, Laura. As a certified advanced mediator, she seeks to help people who are on both sides of the table feel like they had a fair chance to participate in shaping an agreement on how they move forward. I personally think that mediation is the way to go if you can do it. So welcome to the show, Laura. Really happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Sandy. I appreciate it. It's such an honor to meet you and get to know you and talk to your audience. I am super excited to be here, so thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be on. And um, this is a topic that I love to talk about um, because it's so important. And um, I just feel like, like you mentioned, you know, there are so many things that um, women do to um, you know, there's this is that little barrier that they need to get over, and and one of them could be, you know, moving on without holding on to that type of bitterness and regret. And so, if I can help one person today, you know, that that mm-hmm. it's going to be an excellent day for me. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm sure you'll help more than one person. And before we dive into how to move on, I wanted to have you share with the audience, if you don't mind. A little bit about your background um, in terms of breakup, divorce. Um, like, what led you to be so passionate about this work? Um, well, it really led me to be passionate. I didn't. I saw just the growing up. I just saw just the wreckage of divorce and how it affected my peers when I was a child. And um, unfortunately, my parents are divorced. They divorced when I was very young. And um, I always wanted to find a way to help women. And so I decided earlier on, probably about sixth grade, that I was going to be an attorney. (laughs) And um, Mm -hmm. I thought the way that I was really going to impact women is to be a family lawyer, or some people or some states call it matrimonial lawyer, um, but it's the same thing. And to really help women kind of move forward, protect their interests, but be able to move forward and walk in happiness and peace and joy that was always meant for them. And so that's really uh, one of the reasons why I'm passionate. The second thing is I am actually divorced. (laughs) I Uh was married for 19 years, um, and I met my ex when I was 17, believe it or not. I was just entering college, and um, we met in college and dated um, until after I graduated from law school. And um, about a year later, we got married. And so just, just in case you're doing the math, that means I'm 47, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't counting. <laughs> yes, you don't. I'm just teasing. But, uh, but, but so, you know, I know what it's like. I mean, I, I, for me, it was a little bit different since I know the system, you know, and I, know, I knew what to expect. Um, and, you know, you can't predict everything, but I think it might have made things a little bit easier for me. Um, but I certainly understand just working with clients. You know, I've been here in Texas since, you know, for the past 13 years. And so, you know, just walking alongside clients, helping them um, work through and, and just protect and be able to have what they need to be able to move forward um, and get, you know, a fair, um, a fair outcome for them. But still, even the, the emotional side, 
um, I really thought I could serve my clients better as a life coach than I can as an attorney. And to be honest, it really spikes up my happiness meter, Sandy. So <laughs> it really makes me happy. And this part of my life, I, you know, I'm all about, you know, Lord needs to be happy. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so agree with that. I mean, part of being a woman of value, and that's my whole thing, is is finding your own source of happiness and passion. And when you can tap yeah. into that, not only are you happy, but people around you are inspired by you and and it's all good it just produces really good karma and um and it's interesting that you became a life coach in that i've met many people both through the radio show and in real life who are let's say they're in finance or in some other area i have a friend who's who, a colleague who's an image consultant all these people who help women and they end up being more of a therapist than than just doing mm-hmm. their job because there's an emotional piece to decluttering, to taking the clothes out of your closet and finding the right ones and finding out why you hide behind the clothes you wear, um, why you don't value yourself enough to buy yourself clothes but buy for everybody else. And mm-hmm. um, And I just recently met a woman who's a mediator and a financial consultant, and she is an amazing empowerment person for women. I mean, she will sit in a meeting where there was an attorney, she was telling me, who was so intimidating to the woman, he was like hovering over her and talking down to her. And she just Mm -hmm. sat down on the table in front of him, stared him in the face and said, don't talk to her like that ever again, or I will publicize how you're acting right here, right now. I mean, she was like, I mean business. And this woman's this teeny little thing, but boy, does she (laughs) have a lot of power. So it's it's not just about law or finance or anything else. And when you can dive deeper, I keep using that word dive, but when you can go deeper, it's so much more impactful. So I think what you're doing is wonderful. Yeah, it really is. And and just like you said, I found myself, you know, even after, you know, perhaps the case was over, you know, just kind of checking in. And even while the case was ongoing, you know, I'd always gravitate, okay, you know, this is what, you know, life might, you know, is starting to shape up and look like, you know, and, you know, what are you going to do as far as, you know, how do you see yourself, you know, moving forward in your career or your personal life or, you know, the other family dynamics that you have going on, you know, now that your life is looking this way, you know, how does that all interconnect? And, you know, it was just, it's just a piece that I really enjoyed. I just wasn't charging for it because it wasn't legal work, but it's really, you know, like you said, just what made me happy. And just when you wake up and your heart's beating faster and, you know, you enjoy what you do, it's not even work. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I, I used it. to remember, like, after my divorce, like, I would say I hit the ground running. Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get out of bed and, like, start writing down thoughts and write blog posts and create my book. And, like, it just was pouring out Mm -hmm. of me. And I think when you're tapped into that place, it's just so exciting. So so let's talk a little bit more about your process. Mm -hmm. What I really wanted to hear was, like, did you have bitterness um, against your ex? Like, how did you... You know, were you were you struggling with this? You know, and how did you? If so, how did you come to heal? I think even just from my parents' divorce, I didn't realize at the time, but I was kind of shoving down and 
masking over um, just regret and a lot of sorrow. And I guess I guess bitterness probably is not too harsh of a word. Um, and I didn't realize I, I kind of grew into it, an angry teenager and an angry young person after that. And I think that's kind of what my ex and I had in common, unfortunately. Um, but I think over time, especially after I moved here to Texas, um, I had people who entered my life who really mentored me in learning how to let go of regret, recognizing it first, because like I said, a lot of it I, I really didn't recognize or had really had um, they put a label on it and recognize it for what it was. And once um, they were really able to kind of mentor me and, and walk alongside me to help me with that, I think I went through a process of, of a period of years um, but I know definitely back in 2013, I got divorced in 2014, but in 2013, I really just had, I guess the best way to, uh, to describe it is an awakening. And I really just started to do the hard work of, you know, talking to people who I felt safe to speak to, because obviously, you, you know, you need to exercise wisdom when you're talking about very sensitive personal matters. And so I went to the you know very small circle of, of folks that I knew I could trust, and they just loved me with you know unconditionally and and just put their arms around me and it was such a time of healing and growth and um I was able to kind of separate myself from what was going on and really kind of recognize the dynamics that were going on and that really helped me to kind of i won't say. Uh, kind of take the emotion out of it, but it really helped me to to look at it from the bigger picture, and to say, you know, okay, you know, this you know needs to get fixed, and this doesn't, you know, this needs to get fixed, and if it doesn't get fixed, then, you know, there's not a whole lot of places that we can go. Um, but I still need mm-hmm. to love him as a person through it, even though I was falling out of love with him as a husband, and I, and, you know, I kind of went through maybe like a six month period where. You know that was really kind of intense for me, but at the at the very end of it, when I really got to the point where I filed, you know, I really felt like I had did a lot of the work of you know kind of on the front end of it, um, and it really kind of again made the process a little bit easier. It made you know even sometimes when he was acting out a bit, <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't something that I internalized, and I just realized you know, you know, I just need to keep speaking positive words and speaking positive words of life over him and what I want to see and believe for the best for him. And, you know, that just carried me, you know, right over the mountain. So that's really my best hmm. advice of, of my personal walk, going and releasing bitterness and regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies or whatever. It's just... That's right. Um that's what most yeah. people do. They just hold on. And, and I once had a guest who was talking about an aunt of hers who had such bitterness towards her ex-husband until the day she died. She felt that letting go of mm. it would give him something, and she refused yeah. to do that. And so she killed herself her whole life holding on to this and, and not being able to live the life that she was meant to live. So. I think it's great that you did the work, and I love the positive approach, and um, it's really beautiful. So let's let's go into the nitty-gritty of it now um, mm-hmm. about setting the groundwork for removing bitterness and regret. 
after a breakup or a divorce? What are the steps that people should take? Well, one of the major things or one of the first things that I always suggest is for whatever reason your relationship ended, your your marriage ended, you know, just get it settled in your heart that it's really over. Because if you're constantly longing for that relationship, that usually promotes the growth of bitterness and regret in your mind and in your heart. And you don't want to keep feeding that because if you feed it, it grows. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times, too, the second thing that I suggest people do is they understand why they made the choices that they did to end up where they are today. And that is a big part of even forgiving yourself, you know, finding out, you know, what was the things that influenced us as children that shaped our views about relationship and marriage, you know, having an understanding to help us guard against the history of repeating the same mistakes. We don't want to keep attracting the same person, has the same negative personality traits that were toxic to us. And so we definitely mm-hmm. don't want to do that. And again, forgive yourself for any choices that may not have been in your best interest. Um, and it also, sometimes if you need to, it will lead you to help you to forgive the adults in your life who might have failed you in your childhood. So if you had an, an emotional wounding, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, I, I was just wounded by my parents' divorce. You know, I, don't, I don't, certainly don't hold that against them. But, um, you know, sometimes if you, you just need to recognize that it's there. And, um, and once you recognize it, that's when you can start to do the hard work and deal with it. Um, and then you can recognize mm-hmm. and forgive yourself for your part of what might have went wrong in the relationship. And I had a lot that I had to forgive myself. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm not perfect. And um, and so I, I knew really? there were some things that I needed to. <laughs> I knew some things that I needed to work on, character-wise and personality-wise, because I don't want to take all that stuff into my next relationship. You know, and so yeah. that's you know one of the major the things that I that I like to do that, and so you know how to get rid of uh, bitterness and regret and and you know and how can you kind of guard against it coming back again, um, mm-hmm. especially if you have a situation where your ex is acting out against you, you know right now he may be you know sending you know mean spirited text messages and emails and you know calling and hanging up and those types of things, you know I always tell women. Don't feed into the drama because it only encourages them to continue. It emboldens them to say, you know, hey, I'm getting some attention, even though it's negative attention, you know, and if I can bring some of the upset that I'm feeling to, you know, my soon-to-be or my current, you know, my ex-wife, then they sometimes get really a sense of self-satisfaction, a sense of feeling like they were able to exact revenge against you. And so you don't want to feed into that um, and just recognize mm-hmm. it for what it is. Okay, he's acting out. He needs, you know, he you know, now I'm not saying that people need to take anybody else's verbal, you know, abuse and, and all that. But, you know, if, if you need to, you know, candle him from arm's length, you know, keep things, you know, text messages and emails and not speak to him on the phone and not, you know, try to limit as many times, you know, as you see him in person, especially, you know, if you're kind of exchanging the kids, um, then that's really something that I highly suggest that, that folks do. And, you know, a lot of times I know it's not fair to say, you know, okay, put on your big girl pants and be the bigger person in the situation. But, you know, a lot of times that's the, really the only way that things are going to de-escalate and um, get to a place where it gets calmer and you can hopefully, if you're co-parenting with your ex, you can, you know, get to a place where you can start to, 
you know, when you need to speak about the kids, talk to them on the phone if you, you know, if, if the situation requires or, you know, you don't have to, you know, exchange angry messages and back and forth. And so if you can do that, it certainly saves your nerves and um, your kids don't absorb what's going on because, you know, even if they're young and they don't have words for what they're sensing, you know, they kids can sense when there's upset and, you know, disagreement and problems between their parents. And so if we can, you know, help shield them from that as much as possible, then I certainly think it's worth, you know, you just being the bigger person and, and just go ahead and, and do what needs to, uh, what's required. Another well, important step is... I think people should is, be the bigger person, just to, to interrupt for one minute. Um, yes. I, mm-hmm. I think we always should take the high road. And, and it's not yes. just with somebody that you're, you know, having a contentious relationship with. It could be, you know, let's say it's your child or a friendship. And this just came up the other day. I have a friend. We have a mutual friend together, and we've known each other since our first year in college. So for a long time, I've kept mm-hmm. in closer contact with, the one that I was talking to and we were invited to something together and my friend said I don't I don't think I want to go I was really hurt by her she did something mm. that I felt was was really unkind and I think it had it been anyone else she wouldn't have done it and I said um, actually she's done it to me many times it's not just you and yeah. I prefer to take the high road. I like her daughter. It was a celebration for her daughter. And I'd like to spend time with you doing it with any any projected, you know, thank you from the other person. I'm not doing it for her. I'm really doing it because it is the high road. And, and just because, you know, it's like two wrongs don't make a right. And yes. mm-hmm. I think we need to remember that throughout our lives, that it creates better karma when we move on and we don't hold on to the pain that somebody caused us. Um, yeah, sometimes you do break ties. You don't want to be around that person, and that's mm-hmm. certainly um, a good choice when somebody's abusive. But um, I think, you know, the, the co-parenting thing, and I just want to say one thing about that too, Yes. Mm-hmm. is that it's often really challenging to co-parent, and there's so many books that say the opposite. Like, all you have to do is sit down and come up with a great parenting plan, and both of you will will take the high road and do what's best for the kids. And in my experience, that almost never happens. Often yeah. the problems you had in your marriage had to do with not being on the same page in parenting as one of the things that went wrong. And I think... If people have the understanding that they're not flawed or horrible people because they can't see eye to eye with their ex, and um, sometimes you just have to set your own really clear guidelines for your kids and not not at all rely on your ex to comply, and and that's much more difficult mm-hmm. when your kids are younger. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just think that at some point you have to realize what what your ex is capable of and accept the reality, just like you accept, you know, just saying, see your ex for who he or she truly is. Um, You know, in terms of accepting that the relationship is over um, and in terms of that too, I I have seen people who, once they labeled it, they knew, okay, this is never going to change. This is who he is. This is who I am. We do not belong together. 
just will not change, even though I've tried to change it for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. It's not changing. So, right? So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't quit easily. So I stayed married for 23 years, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, let me try this this way of talking to him. Let me let me see if I can compromise here and compromise there. And and then I was like left with so much compromise that I was missing pieces of me and yeah, it still wasn't working. So that's that's unhealthy too. And I think that um you know once you come up to that point and you say, Okay, it is done. We are done um and I actually believe that when you're done it's not in a place of anger anymore. It's a place mm-hmm. of acceptance. And I think if you're still angry, you still have too much emotion tied to that person. What do you think about that? Um, absolutely. I knew of a gentleman who was in his late 50s who was married. Um, he gotten a divorce. I'm well, sorry, he was married for about five years. He had been divorced about 18 years. They did not have any children together. He had not heard from her in 18 years. But... It seems like every chance he got, he whenever you know he had the opportunity, he would direct the conversation and somehow work into how he was emotionally wounded by his ex-wife. And you would see his demeanor and his countenance change, and you would see this kind of uh, anger overtake him. And he would just start spewing, and he just got to be absolutely toxic to be around. Um, yeah. And he just would not let go. And the last time I spoke to him, he was having a pain in his gut so bad, it was waking him up out of a sound sleep almost every night. You don't want to mm. be that guy, you know. You know and no. that's, what can, that's what can happen. It, you know, I, I'm no doctor, but, you know, I've, <laughs> I've, I know it can manifest in your body. It can. Yes. You know, and Stress can, holding on to anger and, yeah. and regret can I mean all of that it just eats away yeah. at you and I so agree and I'm, as a woman who's dating after divorce and I see it with my clients as well those men who just start out a conversation telling you how horrible their ex was um, bye bye <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. because what they are doing is they're dumping on you they are mm-hmm. victims not taking control of their lives. And so when you say, you know, I had to look within and see what my behaviors were that contributed, that's that's maturity, taking responsibility mm-hmm. for what your contribution was. Not only is it maturity, but it's going to help you attract a much different partner who is more suitable for you because that's you're going right. to attract somebody who's also responsible for their emotions. and. You know, so we attract whatever it is that we put out there. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's talk about other ways to forgive the ex, because I, I know that some people listening to this are, are thinking, well, I could never forgive my ex, and why would I want to do that? You know, so yes. so let's talk a little more about that. Okay, yeah, and I think a large part of that is how the culture in our society defines forgiveness. You know, they consider it, you know, you're throwing in the towel, you're admitting everything was your fault, you know, you're putting all the blame on yourself, you know, you're admitting that the other person was right or what they did or said was okay and that you deserved it, you know, and that there's no consequences for your ex. And I think that's the absolute worst definition of forgiveness. Um, And so no wonder there's so much pushback and resistance to it. But I think a better definition of it is giving up the right to feel angry or offended about what happened to you, even though if you have an absolute right to be angry or or, or feel offended about by it. 
And when I say give it up, you know, I'm, I'm talking about you know, no more rehearsing in your head about what happened. You know, no more imagining in your mind how things would have been different if you just would have had an opportunity to do this or if you would have thought to say that, what you really wanted to say and how things would be different. You know, then your ex wouldn't have gotten the best of you. And there's no more calling up your friends, telling them what a jerk your ex is and, you know, how you wish, you know, he would just disappear. You know, all those things stir up anger and keep you trapped in the moment. You know, forgiveness Mm -hmm. is not putting a rubber stamp on what they did and say that it was good and right. But what it is, yes. it doesn't mean that you're, there's no consequences. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you, can not, you can not hold bitterness but still file for divorce. You know, you can not hold mm-hmm. bitterness, but, you know, if you need to file charges against your ex, if, if the situation requires, if you're, if you're not safe, you know, mm-hmm. you know, then that's what you need to do. It is not, you're not mutually exclusive, you know. And, and yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, that's the only way that your, your ex gets help. You know, sometimes that's the only way to keep you safe. You know, and sometimes it's really the wake-up call that your ex needs to be able to realize what they're doing is wrong and then it won't be tolerated. And so just like you said before, yeah. you know, why you should forgive, you know, you're, it's, a, it's really the truth is setting you free and for you to take back your happiness. You know, because anger releases, you know, all kinds of chemicals. One of them is cortisol. You know, it's that fight-or-flight chemical. Um, and so if so you're always angry, you know, your body always feels like you're either you're going to have to fight or you're going to have to leave <laughs> quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it ages you prematurely. And who wants to sign up for that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it, it, it weakens your immune system, you know, and it has a negative effect on your nervous system, you know. And over time, it, it just works against you. And, so it's, and mm-hmm. also, when you're angry all the time, it takes a lot of energy, you know, it yes, wears it your body down. It makes you tired. You're operating in a low frequency and negative energy, you know, and people will start to feel that it's toxic to be around you. You know, if you're always, mm-hmm. it's what you're always meditating on, it's what you're always speaking about, you know. Um, I, I'll just tell you this quickly of another um, situation where I, a gentleman who had just gotten a divorce and, um, you know, I'm, I'm African-American and so was he, and, you know, he and it wasn't until we were on our, our first date and he was like, you know, I don't normally date sisters and I said okay <laughs> okay <laughs> well, you know, what does that mean you know and, and you know, <laughs> when I started to prod he was letting me know or he was confessing the condition of his heart and to say that mm-hmm. he you know he thought it might be something different about me you know that would set me apart but you know the thing is as soon as you know he gets offended by something then he defaults back to his core belief which is you know, black women aren't in his best interest or that he doesn't get along with black women or that they are against mm-hmm. him. And so, He's you know, generalizing. you have to be careful. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you yeah, have to be there's careful. there's a lot you of that out that there. Go. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It, that's something that really, really upsets me is to see how people form the wrong conclusions about their yes. dating past, um, that that it's going to project into the future and, um, I mean, then people come up with the craziest things. Like, I don't date people. I had a client who doesn't date people who have apartments because she had an issue with an apartment, and I had to, like, unpack it for her. Mm. Like, what are you talking about, girl? Yeah. <laughs> apartments, yeah. what does that have to do? How's that on the, the deal-breaker list? And so it really yeah. wasn't about an apartment, obviously. It was about something much deeper. So we have mm-hmm. to really understand what is it that hurt us what part did we play in it? And otherwise, you see, you know, so often people get remarried, um, end up in second, third relationships after divorce or a breakup, and it's the same person with a different face. 
It's yep. the same mm-hmm. arguments. It's the same frustration. Yep. And they're still blaming the other instead of looking within. And exactly. you change your vibration, you know. So you talked about vibrations and the low-level vibration of anger. And, boy, is it toxic. And when you change it, it to positive and, and joy and emanating, you know, radiating happiness from a true, authentic place, Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be around you, and it's actually one of the things that men look for in a woman. It's it's what exactly. makes you irresistible. So, you know, there's so many benefits. Um, so this is it's such important information, and I will blog about this and put a link up on my, on my blog, and I'll send you a copy of that, Laura, and um, everybody yeah. else can go there and, and take a look. And a look and a listen, so I'll put on all the key points that you just discussed. And um, and and if you can share how people can find you if they want to learn more. Yes, they can learn more. They can go to my website at www.howtomoveonafterdivorce.com. They can also follow me on Facebook um, at facebook.com forward slash Laura, L-A-U-R-A dot Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E dot Richardson, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N, and they can find me there. Awesome. So, um, yes. Well, um, well if, thank if you. I have just another – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Did you want to oh, say one more just, thing to conclude? Yeah, just one more thing really quickly. Some people ask me, mm-hmm. well, how do you start to forgive? Okay, and you take mm-hmm. a step back and you really look to what's going on, you know, you know how you know this is really just kind of a, a plan to keep you trapped in, in pain and, and distract you from moving forward. You know, take a look at your ex to see who he truly is. You know, what were the struggles that he had? You know, that he may be dealing with that are hindering him from moving forward, and that really help you to detach from the emotion of it. And the second thing is, mm-hmm. um, it's what you mentioned before is operating in the opposite spirit speaking words of encouragement over them, you know, speaking out what you want to say and what you want to hear from them and what you want to see, the behavior you want to see from them, you know, and, and, and radiate that peace and that love when he's around you, you know, when you feel like cursing him out, you know, speak words of life over him, you know, and it, it might also include some counseling. You might have to, to, to seek out a, a, you know, a licensed professional counselor to help you to do that. But when you, again, when you start broadcasting that positivity and that light, um, it really shifts the atmosphere. And so that's really the, mm-hmm. one of the ways you can start to forgive. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for all this wonderful wisdom you shared with us today, Laura. And uh, best thank of luck you. to you as you move on after your divorce and um, yes. helping others <laughs> do the same. And uh, um, thank you all for listening today to Last First Date Radio. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.